Hello, and thanks for joining us for the Education Doctor Radio Show. I'm your host, Dr. Pamela Ellis. The Education Doctor Radio Show is your family source for educational excellence. Our program is brought to you by Compass Education Strategies, where I'm the principal consultant, and our mantra is Access, Thrive, Graduate. You can learn more about our firm at CompassEducationStrategies.com. Thanks so much to everyone who is listening to our show. We appreciate you taking the time to listen in. If you're listening to a podcast of this program, we also want to thank you for joining us. For future show updates and ongoing relevant education news, please join our Facebook community by searching for The Education Doctor, then clicking like. You can find us on Twitter at The Education Doc. We are also on Foursquare, where you can see our tips to prep schools, colleges, and graduate schools around the country. We have a great show lined up for you today, and I know I say that every week, but it's true. We have been podcasting the Education Doctor Radio Show since December of 2010, and our most popular shows have been on standardized testing and, much to our surprise, boarding schools. In the Midwest, there is a growing trend of boarding school applicants from the Chicago area. Another interesting trend in boarding school admissions is that many students are learning about this option on their own and asking parents if they can visit or apply. So a totally new way of finding out about boarding schools, and students are driving that in many regards. One of the admissions criteria for many boarding schools is the secondary school's admission test. The first test administered this year will be coming up on October 15th, which happens to be the same day as the PSAT. The PSAT, of course, is offered by College Board, while the SSAT is offered by a totally separate organization. Because the acronyms are so similar, many people may mistake the SSAT as being the same as the SAT. On our show today, we will focus on the SSAT. We'll discuss why thousands of students take this test each year and how students can best prepare for the SSAT. So we oftentimes, especially in smaller communities, uh, may not be able to find a tutor in the SSAT. So our show will talk more about that today. Our guest today is Amy Gruber, who is Senior Director of Outreach at SSATB. That's the board that oversees the test. She joins us on the eve of the online registration deadline, which is tomorrow, September 30th. Registered students are now preparing to take the test on October 15th, so she joins us at a time when it will be most helpful for our listening families. Amy will give us her insight and practical tips to take in the SSAT so that students can score well and get into their best match schools. Before we start, I want to make sure that our listeners have our contact information. Our email address is radio at compasseducationstrategies.com if you'd like to submit a question that way. Another method for you to ask a question or join the conversation 
is to call in directly to our switchboard, which is 714-333-3356. I always love to say it every week. Our switchboard is located in sunny Southern California, but I am broadcasting live from Dayton, Ohio. And Amy is joining us from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. So we'll take a quick break, and then Amy will join us. I am back now to talk with Amy Gruber, Senior Director of Outreach at SSATB. Amy, are you on the phone now? I certainly am. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing very well and and very much appreciate, uh, Dr. Pamela, the opportunity to provide some information about the, uh, the SSAT. Okay, that's great. So, Amy, to get us started, tell us what kind of test is the SSAT and the profile of students who are taking it? Sure. The, uh, the SSAT is an admission test, much like the, the SAT is an admission test for colleges. The SSAT is an admission test for private, middle, and high schools. And mm-hmm. so students who take the SSAT um, are preparing to apply to college preparatory schools. And so it is a a very academically capable cohort of students that's taking the SSAT because, of course, they're motivated to apply to these fantastic schools. Hmm. Now, do you have very many students who will take the test for informational purposes at all without necessarily applying? Because I would think there would be some things that you could learn about your own areas of um, reading or math that's tested by taking it even if you're not applying? Well, each year we do have um, a small but still sizable number of students who Mm -hmm. do take the SSAT and do not send scores to any schools. And so you know, what we can infer from that is that these are people who are just interested in and in perhaps getting that kind of information um, or perhaps deciding that they have changed their mind and, and are not going mm-hmm. to apply to a school after all. So um, mm-hmm. it's hard to to really understand their motivation for taking it if they're right. not sending scores to a school. But, but indeed, there there is a fair number of students in that category. Hmm. Okay. So how did the SSAT come about? Tell us about Uh, that. Yeah. uh, About 55 years ago now, uh, a group of boarding school admission directors gathered and were sharing issues of of common concern. And one of the things that that came about was the recognition that they would benefit and, and most importantly students would benefit from a common admission test so that when mm-hmm. students were visiting and applying to multiple schools, they weren't taking multiple tests or even worse, taking the same test over and over at all the various schools. So, mm-hmm. you know, the recognition to to provide this one common admission test, but also to provide a way for admission directors to have one common measure mm-hmm. because we have students coming from all over the the United States and Canada and all over the world to boarding schools and also to day schools, if you include 
people moving in and out of areas. Um, mm-hmm. And because school systems are so very different, the ability to have one common measure of of applicability uh, is considered very important. And so this is where the, the SSAT comes in. Okay. So, Amy, can you break down for us a bit just the sections of the SSAT and what they're covering? What What is it that they want to know um, from those sections about the test takers? Absolutely. The, uh, the SSAT um, actually begins with a, a 25-minute writing sample, and this mm-hmm. part is actually not scored, but uh, the fact that it is not scored is no uh, indication of its importance to admission directors. They, they value these writing samples very much. So a student is given um, a prompt to which they must respond and 25 minutes to do that. So they're essentially writing a, a short essay in that 25-minute period. And then they have there are two quantitative sections on the SSAT. And so after the writing sample, they have their first quantitative section, which is a 30-minute section. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's followed by a reading comprehension section. Which so for the minutes. two quantitative sections, though, they're both 30 minutes each? That's correct. Mm-hmm. And then students are given a break, uh, and they go to the verbal section, uh, which the, the questions are uh, synonyms and analogies. And then that's followed by the, the second quantitative section, which is also the final uh, section of the test. So students have five uh, sections total. Mm-hmm. They've got the writing sample, two quantitative sections, the reading comprehension, and the verbal section. Okay. So, Amy, in the introduction, I mentioned the fact that the SSAT is different from the SAT, but when you talk about a writing section, a quantitative section, and a verbal section, it sounds very much like the SAT. So what's different about it? (laughs) Well, it is actually meant to be much like the SAT, and and in fact it was developed originally by ETS. Oh, really? Yes, it was. So where it would be similar uh, is the the construction of the test. They're both admission tests. The sections are are very similar. Um, And obviously the difference is that the SSAT is age appropriate for Mm. middle and high school students. Mm -hmm. Really interesting. Okay. I I didn't know that about uh, the original developer being ETS. So that would explain a lot. Now, have you always done this writing component? What was uh, no, that introduced? A, that was introduced in the mid-'90s, and that mm-hmm. was at the request of member schools. And one of the reasons that, that they were most interested in getting it um, is to have a timed, unedited um, piece of writing from all of the students so that they can compare it, frankly, with admission essays that are submitted. And mm-hmm. perhaps, um, you know, there are there are the occasional cases where admission essays may be overly edited by parents, to put it kindly. Um, yes. And so mm-hmm. this gives an admission director a real glimpse of a student's writing ability. So 
you know, great for people to know that this is part of the test because I think it might it, it might help some some parents realize that they have to be pretty careful about how much editing they provide to their child's admission essays. Hmm. Yeah, and that is a nice way to put it. Overly edited. I like that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> so Amy, can you tell us, um, can you actually share with us any sample prompts that you've had um, in the past for the writing? Uh, Let's see if I can get one right in front of me. And the way that the writing prompts are are presented, um, Mm -hmm. the students are given an assignment. And the assignment is, do you agree or disagree with the topic statement. Please support your position with one or two specific examples from personal experience, the experience of others, current events, history, or literature. And so um, the topic in this case, for an example, is discoveries are often made by not following instructions. And so then the student is asked to agree or disagree with that statement and then to support that with you know either personal examples or experiences of of, of others et cetera mhm hmm. okay, that's an interesting one, and as I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking, "Wow, could I respond to that in twenty five minutes in a coherent way?" <laughs> so I'm well, sure absolutely. it may be a challenge sometimes for students because what's the age range of students who are usually taking this test? Yeah, well, it's it's for students applying to middle and high school. So there, we do have a lower level test for the middle school students and an upper level mm-hmm. test for the high school students. Um, and in fact, there is a committee of um, educators, and you know, led by uh, Dr. Dick Rovinelli, who's our chief testing officer at SSATB, who are um, rewriting these prompts right now. So okay. there will soon be new ones. Um, and I think the committee's focus right now is actually looking a bit more closely at um, the different age groups that we work with and trying to elicit um, true examples of, of writing from them. And obviously to do that, we need prompts that will resonate with, with our age groups. So some mm. of these prompts are, in fact, quite difficult for the students to respond mm-hmm. to. And if that's the, if that's the case... In my experience, the admission directors are taking that into account. If they look at the prompt and say, wow, that one was pretty tricky for an eighth grader, you know, I might not have had an easy time in 25 minutes. So that's Mm -hmm. where the expertise of our admission directors really come into play. And so you just mentioned that the admissions directors see the actual essay as it's written by the students, so they get, for instance, like an optical scan of it, but it's not scored. And when the students get their report, they don't see a score for it? Um, this is a great point. The The schools receive a copy of the the writing sample, but when the school reports go back to families, they do not receive a copy of the unscored writing sample. So, mm. you know, that is how scores are presented. Uh, these are not scored by SSAT, but some schools do actually send them through their English department uh, who have a sort of rubric that they employ in terms of 
giving the admissions office feedback on the quality of the writing presented. So every school has their own system uh, and way that they evaluate it, but that is something that I've heard that, that many schools do. Okay, really interesting. So can you tell us a little bit about the quantitative and the reading sections? You mentioned with the reading section that it has synonyms and analogies, and so those are probably some of the uh, ones that we've seen a lot that give us grief in terms of uh, this is to that as when is to where, those kinds of exactly. analogies. Is that it's it's actually the verbal section that has uh-huh, the, the verbal uh, section, the, okay. the synonyms and analogies. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, a great way to prepare your child, for example, um, is just to go to the SSAT website, ssat.org, um, and do some of the sample questions there because depending on the school in which the child is enrolled, they might not have had previous experience with analogies for example, mm. and, you know, just giving your child a a little bit of, of information regarding that can be really helpful. Um, mm-hmm. The reading comprehension section, uh-huh. it consists of 40 questions, and it's based on reading passages that generally fall into the categories of narrative, um, short stories, essays, things like that, and argument. Um, and the questions there are designed to measure a student's ability to understand and assimilate what has been read. And so the test takers will be asked to recognize the main idea and supporting details, derive the meaning of vocabulary words from context, mm-hmm. determine the author's logic, attitude, and tone, uh, and to draw inferences and apply information. Apply information. Hmm. So those are the that's a short description of the way that the reading comprehension questions are constructed. Okay. And so there's a verbal section, which has the synonyms and analogies, and then a reading comprehension section, which has these 40 questions related to narrative passages. Correct. Okay. And then the the two quantitative sections Mm -hmm. have 25 questions each, um, and the sections are designed to measure understanding of mathematical concepts, computation, routine mathematical manipulations, and prop and problem solving. And so mm-hmm. the test items are intended to measure different levels of understanding, and they do vary in difficulty. Mm-hmm. And, now, and, you know, depending on what the students had in terms of, of math, some concepts may be unfamiliar to, to the student. Exactly. Now, I want you to hold that thought. I want to take a quick break, and then we'll come back because I had a couple more questions related to the quantitative section that I'd like to ask. So just hold on a moment. Okay, I'm back now with Amy Gruber of SSATB. Amy, I wanted to continue talking right before the break. You were just mentioning about the two quantitative sections that are included on the SSAT. Now, with those sections, are they both covering the same range of questions, the computation, routine, uh, math operations, and then problem solving? Is that with both sections, or is one section devoted to um, only one or two of those areas? No, they they are both covering that, but when 
um, schools receive score reports, um, mm -hmm. it actually does break out the uh, student's performance in the different areas. So they might see, you know, if algebra and geometry concepts haven't been covered, the student's right. scores on, on those questions would indicate that. And so, mm -hmm. but otherwise, if their mathematical abilities and, you know, the other things are strong, their score will indicate that. So it does provide an easy way for admission directors to see, you know, what the student's ability is in, in terms of, you know, where they have studied thus far in terms of math. And so generally what um, level of math uh, then should students have covered? So you have, you mentioned that you have age-appropriate questions and there's also a lower level and an upper level mm -hmm. test that's done, correct? Yes. And so, for instance, for the upper level test, should you have completed trigonometry or no, not a, what do you no. need and, to? And that's, okay. it's not really, um, that's not really the kind of question that gets the right information here because the SSAT is an aptitude test. Mm. So it's measuring ability. It's not connected to achievement or what students have taken thus far. So, you know, for math, again, it's measuring number concepts and, and operations, and then mm -hmm. a little bit of algebra and geometry and, and other math. And okay. so it also depends, obviously, on what, what grade the student is applying for. And so mm -hmm. the, the, the schools to which the student is applying keep all of this in context. Um, and the, when scores are presented, one of the ways that the student score is presented is the SSAT percentile, which compares okay. the student score with other students who are in the same grade and same gender who've taken the SSAT in the last three years. So again, hmm. it's this presentation of scores is very focused on comparing the student with like students, same grade, same gender, who've taken the SSAT. So they're not going to okay. be disadvantaged in terms of, you know, an eighth grader score being compared to a tenth grader score or a sixth okay. grader score being compared to an eighth grader score. Hmm. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about how can students best prepare for the SSAT? Mm -hmm. Because I know certainly in some markets you may not have available a tutor that knows the SSAT. Maybe they know SAT or ACT, but not necessarily how to prepare students for the SSAT. What recommendations do you have for that? Well, I'm glad you asked that because I think I think there are some great ways for parents to help their their children be well prepared. If you go online to the SSAT website, which is just ssat.org, there mm -hmm. are some resources there. One of the best things that you can do is go through the sample questions with your child and really focus on the instructions for each of those sections hmm. so that when your child is taking the SSAT, that each of the sections and the instructions are very familiar to them. Mm -hmm. One of the other things that's really important for a student to know is that because the SSAT is a high-stakes test, 
there is a penalty for incorrect answers. So Ooh. if you can narrow <laughs> if you can narrow your choices down, you know, to mm-hmm. two, then it's reasonable to guess. But if you do not have an idea of what the answer should be, then you're much better off to skip the question. And the person administering the test does read that as part of the instructions, but if I were, you know, a an eighth grader or a fifth grader taking this test for the first time, and that was the first and only time that I'd heard that instruction, and it's mm-hmm. not a test-taking strategy that I'm familiar with from school. Right. I'm, I might not really hear that or understand that. So I think for parents to explain that and make sure that their their children understand, don't guess. So Unless marking C for all the answers isn't a strategy on the SSA. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, um, you know, so that that is probably the biggest one. Um, arriving at the test center in plenty of time in the morning, so you're not increasing anxiety. Having a snack and a drink so that the students can take advantage of that during the the ten minute break. Um, mm-hmm you know, plenty of sleep the night before, that kind of thing, just so that, you know, for what's a pretty long test on a Saturday morning, we're talking, you know, with breaks, three hours. Exactly. Um, that that your child is, is prepared for that experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't necessarily have to go and get a lot of tutoring. You don't have to um, purchase the book and do practice tests. But sometime spent in advance of the test is absolutely going to benefit your child just in terms of making him or her more comfortable for that experience and understanding, you know, those little strategies like the not guessing and making sure that they don't spend too much time on any one question so that they can get through all of their questions and then go back if they need to. Exactly. Okay. That is great. Um, So focusing on the instructions, making sure they understand that incorrect answers um, have a penalty, so better Mm -hmm. to skip. Don't mark C for everything. (laughs) And um, there was the last one that you mentioned. Oh, getting good Um, rest and bringing a snack as well. And and then just, you know, making sure that you're moving quickly through the test so that if you're stuck mm-hmm. on any one question, you can go back to that at the end. But, you know, I know that some some students will spend a lot of time trying to figure out one question, which is actually a great indication exactly. of perseverance. But mm-hmm. then it might it might penalize them at the end if they then don't get to finish that test section. Exactly. Well, Amy, we have actually run out of time. As I mentioned, it was going to pass by really quickly. And so before we go, if you can just share quickly with our listeners um, your information for your website, uh, because there's a lot of great information there. So if you can share that, and then we'll close out. Absolutely, and thank you so much. The uh, the web address is ssat.org. And for any of you whose children will be taking the the SSAT, I wish you great luck. And if you need any information, info at ssat.org is the email address. 
Thank you so much, Amy. We were just talking with Amy Gruber of SSATV. We have some great shows coming up for you on the Education Doctor Radio Show, and we'll continue to bring you information that's both strategic and practical for educational success. Please stay in touch with us and listen up for our closing message on how you can do so. Thank you.